Welcome to episode three of the School for Good Living's COVID cast. It's me, Brian Miller, here with my good friend, producer, and beard brother, Dallin Wright. Hello, everyone. In case you haven't listened to episodes one or two, which is totally fine, the basic format of this is two parts. One, that I'll share with you something from the School for Good Living's Life's Best Practices curriculum that you can apply immediately to improve the quality of your life as your routine has certainly been disrupted in some way. The second part of this is something that gives us hope, something that we're reading in the news, seeing on social media, hearing from a friend, or in our direct experience, either at home or if we venture outside. The topic that I want to explore with you today comes from the alignment course in the Life's Best Practices curriculum, and specifically, it's the portion that deals with living an ideal day. The idea is one that came to me Around the time I was working at Miller Motorsports Park, I wasn't a race fan growing up, didn't watch NASCAR on TV or sports car racing, but as I learned about motorsports, one of the things I came to understand is that there is an ideal line around a racetrack. It's called the racing line. And the basic idea is that it's the shortest route around the course. So it's this conceptual path around a racetrack that if you follow, it will yield the best lap time. When I looked at that, I thought, you know, that's interesting. And as a driver or a motorcycle rider, what I've seen is that this line, it's kind of perfection. It's really unattainable. We know we can always do better. There's always more performance we can get from our tools, our equipment, our machines, but also from ourselves. I saw that it was kind of a metaphor for life, that we're all on a journey. What would an ideal day look like if I were able to live it every day? What would your day look like if you lived it exactly as you want to? What if money was no restriction? What if the coronavirus wasn't a reality? What is your ideal day in the absence of all constraints? and allowing yourself to to dream and to create and to believe in some ways, in infinite possibility. But I invite you to pick just a finite amount of time. Maybe it's the month of April. Is there a specific routine? And who knows if we'll all still be indoors or living the pattern that we're living now. When would you wake up? Would you exercise? Would you meditate? Would you read? What would you eat? When would you work? When would you go to bed? Would you take a nap? How would you interact with the other people in your household? What other activities, hobbies, personal growth, or work might be a part of that day? And taking a piece of paper or a spreadsheet or a Word document or something and doing the very logical exercise of putting the 24 hours in a day on there somewhere and then writing that down. I want to invite you to make the 10 or 15 minutes that it would take you to do this exercise and to stand back and to look at it and to see if that ideal day that you have scripted does two things. One, if it brings you a sense of joy, of satisfaction, do those represent for you what it means to live a good life right now? That's number one. And number two, if you live that day 30 times between now and the end of April, would you also then be able to look back and to be proud of how you had spent your time? Would you have a sense of satisfaction? Would you have a sense of fulfillment? Do you think, and of course you won't know until you get there, 
That's the invitation. Dallin, as you hear this exploration of an ideal day about the concept and then the specific opportunity to script this out, what thoughts come up for you? The easiest answer is Thursdays. I love Thursdays. And the reason I love Thursdays is because you get a full day of work in and you have the schedule of the day. And then the night you have kind of an excitement for here comes Friday and the weekend. It's this looking forward. I just love it. I love it more than a Friday. Who would you have to be to experience every day as you currently experience Thursday? Yeah, it's an interesting concept because I do not believe I'd be happy without working in some way. Well, yeah. I know it would. Yeah. It wouldn't be there. But I look forward, I look in the future at, at a, a life of retirement. What does that mean? Well, I got to be doing something. I got to be creating in some way. Yeah. And you can enjoy it through going to places. And I love traveling. I, I love seeing new things. But I love to combine with that the routine of an average day. I'm really glad you said that too, because even in the scripting of this ideal day, I think it is worth acknowledging that first of all, there are going to be what we might consider catastrophes or disasters. People are going to have car crashes. People are going to get diagnoses or have surgeries. Other things are going to happen that are going to disrupt the best of our plans. So allowing for that. And then similarly, you know, there's going to be other interruptions that are of our choosing, but still interruptions. There are vacations, there are weddings. And on top of all of that is our ability to choose a new pattern at any time. And this reminds me of what Steve Jobs talked about when he would say, he said something like, and this was in his famous Stanford commencement speech, where he would say, whenever I would wake up in the morning, I would look myself in the face. You know, I would look in the mirror and I would say, do I want to do what I'm about to do today? And at any time, the answer was no. Too many days in a row, I knew it was time to change something. That power that we all have, if we're willing to embrace it, to change our lives with a decision. Now, it's pretty massive and often easy to overlook. What's giving you hope today? It's a simple one. Today, I went upstairs. I was going to have lunch, and I took a moment to go out on the deck, and today is a beautiful day. It's 70 degrees out and a clear sky, and I sat down in a rocking chair, and I just let the sun rest on me. And there is no feeling like sitting out in nature and having the sun on you. It connects you in some way. There's a, there's a real power there that I, I've had counseling, which has been fantastic. I've exercised, which is great. But there's something about feeling that sun on my face that connects me with life and makes me feel positive and hopeful about the future. It just puts a smile on my face. It's great. Yeah, it's fantastic. What's giving me hope today, the first one is this $2 trillion CARES Act. Although it gives me hope, I have to admit, it gives me some concern as well about, man, we are borrowing now and we'll repay later. But the fact that, you know, when we talk about economies, when we talk about markets, when we talk about healthcare systems, what we're really talking about is people. And the fact that people, you know, our elected officials have come together to draft some legislation and to pass this act that will send hundreds of billions of dollars, I mean, unfathomable amounts of money, to public health, to state and local governments, to small businesses, big corporations, individuals, education, like basically every uh, aspect of our society will be touched by this. And by the way, on this topic of 
uh, unfathomable numbers. A thousand seconds is about 17 minutes. Okay. A million seconds is about 12 days. A billion seconds is nearly 32 years. That's just a crazy jump. And then to go, no surprise, that a trillion seconds is almost 32,000 years. A million seconds, again, was 12 days. But a trillion seconds is 32,000 years. And we're talking about that as an amount of money that's being deployed, you know, for the good of the people in our society. That is really incredible, unprecedented. So there's some concern there about how do we pay that back or deal with the impact of that. I'm not sure. But the fact that people will get money and institutions and organizations will get money that hopefully they will manage well and uh, make a meaningful difference in the quality of life for people. We can hope. (laughs) Yeah, we can hope. There's definitely an undercurrent of concern in this one. Yeah, that definitely fits in the hope category. (laughs) (laughs) It's giving me something to hope for, for sure. The other thing is giving me hope. General Motors has already announced plans to build critical care ventilators with a company called Ventec Life Systems at one of GM's plants in Indiana and that they intend to or expect to begin shipping these as early as next month. And to me, that's pretty amazing that an automotive manufacturer, and I know Ford is doing things to produce face masks and things for healthcare workers, which is pretty cool. The fact that they're doing something to address the real concerns of of people who are dealing with the effects of COVID-19, to me, that, that gives me hope. We will wrap up where we began, which is an invitation to author, to architect, and to live that ideal day. Recognizing the value of creating an ideal day for yourself with no constraints. Allowing yourself to indulge in infinite possibility and seeing what would this look like. Again, where would you wake up? Who would you be with? What would you do? Would you take a nap? Would you read? Would you exercise? Would you ski? Would you play games? What work would you do? these kinds of things. And then I invite you with the benefit of having done that unlimited exploration, also looking at what are your current realities and commitments, and then taking a specific timeframe, perhaps through the month of April, what is the best life you are willing to give yourself now? Consider it of those around you, consider it of the other commitments that you've made. Yes, it's one thing to go out on the track and to practice, to turn laps, as they say. But many race car drivers, I've heard it said, they improve their lap times just by visualizing their route around the racetrack. In the same way, taking some time to be very deliberate, to be very thoughtful, to envisioning yourself navigating an ideal day, and then going and doing it. And if it ever feels bored or like it's limiting, recognizing it's up to you, you can change that again with a new choice. Thanks for listening. I hope this idea is useful to you. Dallin, thank you for making this happen. What final words do you want to leave our listeners with? Am I living my ideal life? It's one of these questions myself and my friends always ask ourselves. Are we happy? Are we living that way? And so when you break it down to what would your ideal day be, I like that because it's taking a bite size of how can I have a happy life, which is a huge thing to ask is, is how do I have that? But what can I do to have a happy day? I'm, I'm glad you brought this up. I'm going to take this to heart and I'm going to look at it and say to myself, 
what makes me happy on a, on a daily level? What components do I need in there to give me that? And I, I like this exercise. This is a good one for me. If I may, just your thoughts spurred something for me that I, that I want to add here too. Yeah. Is something, you know, one of our podcast guests, Mark Devine, he taught me that in his training as a Navy SEAL commander, that he and his team would have a saying, one day, one lifetime, meaning they live one day as though it were their entire lifetime. And one of the things that I'm so impressed by is this idea that if you live each day with intentionality and with engagement, fully participating, allowing yourself or creating yourself fully alive, that if you do that every day at the end of your life, how could you have regret? You know what John Lennon said about life is what happens when you're busy making plans, but this is it, man. This is your chance right now every day. (laughs) 